Welcome to the Growing Your Financial Business, The Woman's Way podcast. I'm Robin Crane, and I was a financial advisor for over a decade. But before that, I was a singer-songwriter. And now, even as a mom of three with a teenager, toddler, and a baby, I run a seven-figure business helping women in financial services grow their businesses and make a bigger impact. In this podcast, I'll bring you financial advisors, industry influencers, and highly successful entrepreneurs to give you innovative strategies designed for women. So get ready to learn how to get in front of the right people, get more ideal clients, and be able to grow your ideal business so you can live your ideal life. Welcome to Growing Your Financial Business the Woman's Way. It's Robin Crane here with Tandy Irvin. And we are going to talk about quick and easy processes and habits for success. So get ready. This woman is amazing. You won't um, you won't be able to listen to this without smiling because Tandy is always smiling. If you can't smile, you will. You'll feel it. Um, but she is, we like to call her young, young spring, spring chicken. I can't even say young spring chicken because she is so young at heart and is willing to even share that in other ways, maybe not quite as young, but she's been in the industry, um, the financial industry at LPL since 2005. So 16 years. She dabbled at Edward Jones for a little bit and has been a CPA for over 30 years. Um, so, you know, she started when she was one, right? <laughs> So welcome, Tandy. It's so good to have you here. Thank you. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled and I, I can't wait for this conversation. Awesome. Awesome. So we, we, Tandy and I actually are working together. She's in my FEM mentorship and um, she's the type of person that is just a sponge. Like you just, you just get stuff, you, you take it, you apply it, you take action. And, you know, anything we do that's optional is like, oh, we have in this extra thing, you could come. You're like, of course I will be there because you're just this little sponge and you'll soak it all up. So, so what are some of the things actually, before we go into like the quick and easy processes, what are, what are some of the, like, tell us where you were before and kind of as a financial advisor, I know you were doing a lot of coasting um, and what your goals were and what you wanted to create. And then we'll talk about how you did that. All right. Uh, yes, absolute autopilot. My uh, client base hadn't grown, my uh, assets under management, my commissions, it, it, it was fine, um, but it certainly wasn't growing. Uh, here came the pandemic and um it may not look like it, but I am an absolute introvert. And I thought, okay, we have leveled the playing field now. <laughs> I don't have to go to happy hours and pretend like I'm having fun. So um, uh, it, the universe works in strange ways. And when I decided I was going to take advantage of this, this stay-at-home business, here comes Robin Crane's email. And I thought, oh, my this is perfect because I didn't know about social media. I mean, I knew of it because that's how I see pictures of my granddaughter, but I, I never utilized it, any aspect of it for my business. And, but I knew I had to, I had no idea how. So that's how um, uh, my business has assets under management have doubled commissions will double uh, in this short time we've been together, less than a year, and um, probably two months. So that's results. And that's why I'm a sponge. And that's why I am coachable. And I do show up for everything because I knew where I was. That was the first thing. I knew where I was. I wasn't quite sure where I wanted to be, but it wasn't where I was. So and I was like, okay, Tandy, you, you have a decision to make. Either sell this practice and do something else or get busy and grow it. 
And I decided to get busy and grow it. Awesome. And you've done amazing. Um, but so going back to, so you were coasting, you were kind of, um, I know you told me that, so you came into the industry in 2005 and you obviously had a, an accounting, accounting practice. Um, so did you start and build your business from bringing clients from the accounting practice? Yes and no. I was in corporate accounting. And when you are successful in corporate accounting, you get the nice corner office and you get really far away from the product and the customer. So my emotional satisfaction was gone. I could have been selling widgets to Eskimos. I mean, it's just it. it so, so I knew I had to do something. I did not want to give up 20 plus years of finance. So that's how that's what led me to um, uh, financial advising. And the fact that I could see my, my peers, my neighbors, my, my, uh, uh, my, my different communities struggling with money. And at that time, I was one of them. And I thought, this is ridiculous. I have all these years, all this education. What's going wrong here? And I thought, wow, if I get this figured out, share it with others, what a win-win that would be. And then I could feel like I was contributing, um, which is what was missing in pure account. Awesome. So here was the other thing. Because I got this late in the game, um, people assumed I had been in the business. So I was a newbie, but, you know, they didn't ask and I didn't say. So um, there are some advantages. <laughs> That's great. So you will just assume you've been in the industry for a long time. Because you, you told me before we started recording that you had about $10 million under management. So you were doing about $10,000 a month. So you... Mm-hmm. You made that happen. It sounds like pretty quickly coming yeah. from, which is amazing, by the way. Like this is way pre-Robin. Like I mean, you 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 created a foundation with your you know with with your warm market basically. And after going from corporate, not even having uh, your own business to starting own business, got to ten million in management. Is that right? That is correct. And people saw me as a finance person, so that helped. Mm-hmm. Um, so they assumed there again that I knew a lot more than I did. Um, Doing financial statements for a company is very different than putting a portfolio together, but there was an assumption. So I came into the business with some credibility, uh, even though I didn't have a lot of years. And I had different communities. I did have my tax clients, very few. And then I had my corporate uh, people, so yeah. And then what was your goal like to add for AUM? Because I know you're an AUM person, like you wanted more AUM. Like tell about your goal and how long you had that goal. Um, (laughs) Every year it's to add $10 million assets under management. (laughs) Needless to say, I mean, I replace what, you know, dies or goes away or or whatever. But that was it. How long Market fluctuations in that time. How, How long did you have that goal? Oh, at least 10 years. At least 10 years. Okay. And so then you came and, and we're going to share those processes and stuff in a second, but then you came in, we, you started to change things. I know you did a lot of activity, but where are you now? And then we'll tell them how you got there. So where are you now as far as additional asset center management uh, on top of that 10 million? Oh, I, I've got my additional 10 million. Boom. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Last time we talked, I think it was nine, nine and a half. So you hit it. You hit it. Wow. Oh, absolutely. And, and and there's more in the hopper. 
I mean, it's just yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. So that's amazing. So that's why I wanted to bring Tandy on because you've had such incredible results and, and that's pretty exceptional to have a goal of bringing on an additional 10 million for 10 years and not doing it. And then just in one year like that, because yeah. you really focused and, and you did it. So let's talk about like some of these um, quick and easy. Cause I, you said quick and easy, which I think is really important as far as the quick and easy part, because most, I, I think most of what it's taught in the industry has to do with kind of the grind and like spending a lot of time and going networking. Like you said, we didn't have that option in, during the pandemic, but what, what have you done that was quick and easy and, and tell me a couple different processes that you or habits that you have in place now um and, and let me preface the the uh, quick and easy is it had to be that way because i'm just not willing to work that hard anymore um been there done that I, i'm just not willing so it had to be quick and easy and i knew my pipeline of prospects was well there wasn't one i mean there was nothing in it so the um, the first thing I did was incorporate a uh, LinkedIn campaign to simply reach out to people um, as as quickly and as easily and automated uh, process, which I gave all to uh, my assistant, uh, who I do have a full time assistant, mm-hmm. and. So I wanted it to the point, and I got there very quickly after trying it for uh, one week by myself uh, to a disaster, um, handed that over. So all I had to do was show up for the appointment. Um, That was truly what uh, catapulted me, um, well, off (laughs) uh, inactivity. So, and then that led to different messaging Uh, more direct messaging on LinkedIn, um, which has led to better conversations with my existing clients. I'm I'm just amazed. I didn't have that many clients. I thought the relationships were very, very deep. But when I started changing how I approached uh, a prospect, it also... uh, related and trickled down to how I showed up for my clients. And suddenly they had old 401k rollovers. Suddenly they had money stashed away that, that, you know, they weren't really um, comfortable with putting, you know, in the market right now. So that's, that's what really helped me was getting the right message in front of the right person through social media. Wow. So that's really interesting because it's like, so you're saying getting the right message, which, you know, I I think those of you listening right now might say, well, what is the right message? Because um, that right message is, is pretty important as to what that message is. But you said a few things in there I want to kind of unpack. So one is you got into activity, you started, you started it. So you kind of learned it. And I I know um, just because it's going to be impossible to teach the whole system. If any of you are listening here, the system she's using is uh, she learned on the tag in the tag challenge, the appointment generator challenge. You can go to femalefinancialadvisors.com to get in on that because we do these challenges uh, usually every month or so. So you can check that out there. Um, but what we do we teach there is, is you got to identify who you want to talk to. And then basically you need to send out a, a message to kind of hook them. So knowing who you were targeting and, and we've talked about this in other podcasts, but and how to how to get them in. But what you're saying is 
one, you did that activity first to kind of learn it, even though you said you weren't very good at it, and then you outsourced it. So a big takeaway for you guys to get right now is that you want to know, you want to figure out what marketing or what money-making activity you need to do, whether it's LinkedIn, whether it's Facebook, you know, and you're saying social media, and we use a lot of LinkedIn as well. Um, but know what, what platform you're going to use, and then you need to do consistent activity. And, and just know that the message matters, right? Because uh, I have people, I'm actually running a tag challenge right now as we're recording this. And I had this woman say, you know, I send messages all the time on LinkedIn and it's crickets. Like I, I don't get any responses. I'm like, yeah, because sorry to say, but your message stinks. You know, it's just because people are saying things about what they do and about rolling over 401k or about, you know, stuff that, that no one wants to hear. And so they don't respond. So it's important that you have a message that actually has a hook or gets them to respond. But just as equally important is the activity and the consistency. So, and you, just like, you know, Tandy, those of you listening, like you probably shouldn't be doing it. If you can get someone else to actually do the activity once you systematize it and you have it as a process, which is why we're talking about processes, is that you get someone else to do it and you're still having money-making activities done for you. So one is you have activity, you know how to do it, and then you outsource it. Um, two, you want to make sure that that there's actually a, a compelling message to get someone to respond. Did I miss anything, Tandy? I just want to make sure they know. Uh, no, I mean, that that summed it up. But I, from my perspective, I, I can't emphasize enough. the um, This uh, tag challenge was truly uh, the answer to my prayer in that it, I, it, it was automated. I mean, it, it, it just happened. I still use it and I will continue to use it. And I've been taught through, through your course, um, through our relationship, so many other avenues and this one um, works very well. And when I tire of it or it doesn't, I'll have something else to, to draw upon. The other um, advantage to doing these, uh, a, a, something like a tag challenge is um, this is a lonely business. It, it just is. I mean, you, you are the, the community, particularly with the pandemic, the community is not well connected, female advisors, um, particularly when you're independent. So this has really helped that I have this support group. And I didn't realize that until I had it, um, how much I needed it. That's awesome. That's awesome. And and yeah, again, the appointment generator challenge, it's a five-day challenge. You get five qualified appointments in five days. You can check it out at femalefinancialadvisors.com. Hopefully that link will get you there. If, if it's not getting you there, it's because we're not having it right this second that you're listening to this, but hopefully it will. Um, so uh, let me let me go back to kind of unpacking what you said. So so the so one is that you if i if i can remember the steps that i that we're just creating right now but one is that you need to have that activity consistent um you do it first and you outsource it two is that you need a message that's compelling um three what you said is that and, and i've heard you say this a lot when i brought you on to talk to actually women in the tag challenge and women in the community is that um what you did in one area really extrapolated or trickled down to you doing it better in another area. And even though, you know, one of the, the, the strategy I teach in this, in this um, five-day challenge is going to a cold audience and attracting a cold audience and talking to a cold audience, what happened with you was actually, because you did have some foundation, some book of business, it actually helped you be better with your existing clients. And you took the, 
the not just the strategy of how to have these these conversations, but also the experience of having the conversations of really listening to understand well what is it that they really want that they don't have and what's holding them back from getting there. And then you brought that to your existing client base and started having better conversations, deeper conversations. And it's not just that timing, oh, all of a sudden, oh, 2020, everybody needs, has rollovers and has all this money and has all these needs. It wasn't that the environment brought that, it's that you changed. And so you brought that, that conversation changed. So you brought that to your clients. And then all of a sudden it was more like, oh, I see that I should roll that over. I should do something because it's now there's the way you, I I already know, because I know how you've shifted the way you talk to people, but it's like, helping people recognize that because you said, oh, they don't want to put the money in the market. Like not having the money in the market also has a risk and having conversations where you're not trying to sell them, but you're really trying to serve them. And that that conversational shift is what got you 10 million under management, mostly from existing clients, right? Was it mostly right. from existing clients? Right. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. And you brought up another good point. It, it I, I started with the messaging, but after I got them hooked, my skill set had to shift to the listening. The listening was very, very important. And knowing, there again, the right questions to ask to dig deeper. So, yeah, my first skill was simply getting them hooked. And that is all about messaging. But then once you get them, you've got to shift and hone those listening skills. Yeah, that's that's so true and so amazing. And and um, one of the things I've been talking a lot about with the, the women that I'm teaching these, these concepts to is that that first conversation, and this might sound kind of weird, but that first conversation where you don't know the person and typically like the way it's taught in the industry is more very financially based, right? It's like you want to know because uh, as you're talking to people who probably are already indicating they want some help in, in some regard. So you can just start talking about a 401k or you can start talking about an annuity. And I always say stop selling the box. Stop selling the annuity or the boxes like the annuity or the vehicle, right? But actually sell the result. And the way that you quote unquote sell the result or really get them to to feel like you can solve their problems and get them the result is is to find out what results they want and what is it they really want, what's holding them back. And what I found is that a lot of these women who are having initial conversations were having the wrong conversation. And it wasn't, it wasn't like the get them to go to the next step with them wasn't the natural progression. And so then it feels like bait and switchy or feels like you're just trying to sell them or that sort of thing. So that skill, like you said, that conversation, having the right conversation is something you took from a, a cold marketing strategy to, and brought to your, not even warm, but your existing client base to have the right conversations. And that opened up doors. And that's amazing. Anything to add, add to that? I learned from, fortunately, early on with my first person that I met cold on LinkedIn, and she's now a raving client. And I learned early early on, I was dying to tell her about my investment strategy. And I would start and she would veer off someplace else. She didn't want it. She didn't. She did. She assumed I knew what I was doing, but I am so excited about it and so proud of it. I just wanted it anyway. She still doesn't know it, <laughs> and she's working with you now. Oh my god! And we're making money. She didn't want to hear that part. 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's like, oh, let me impress you. You impress me when you talk about me, Tandy. Talk about me and what I want. Talk about me and what I my problems are. And just tell me you can solve my problems. I don't want to know how. Just tell me you can solve my problems. Tell me you can get me the results. And I trust you, girl. Like, now go get them. Okay. That's yeah. awesome. That was that, it. That's very true. That's very eye-opening. And I, I I think a lot of advisors out there are trying to showcase their expertise. And it's not your fault for wanting to showcase your expertise. And it's smart. You want to show them strategies. But you got to listen first, like you said, Tandy, and you got to understand what they want to hear. And also just because the industry tells you to do that doesn't actually mean that the person wants to hear that. And I talk a lot about this, um, Tandy, you know well, uh, very well about this, but there's this um, pyramid that Chet Holmes talked about in his book, The Ultimate Sales Machine. He talks about how 3% out there, let's say in the in the market are looking to buy, meaning they're in, in, in your case, you know, looking to hire an advisor. And then 7% are open to it. They're open to hiring someone. Um, 30% aren't thinking about it. 30% don't think they're interested and 30% know they're not interested. And I like to talk about capturing that the sweet spot, which is that 67%, not the 3%. You're already going to get that 3%. That's where you're getting referrals. The people who are looking or if you, you know, you have clients who love you, you're going to get referrals. They're going to tell the people who say, oh, Joe, Joanne, you know, do you happen to know financial advisor, Tandy? Like, yes, you're getting that client easy. That's that's what you did for basically 15 years out of the 16, right? Yes. Um, you're going to get those. But what I talk a lot about is capturing the, the 7% who are open to it. But if you go to someone who's open to hiring someone, you start telling them your investment strategy and how and, and talk about fixed annuities or talk about something, they feel like you're trying to sell them, even though you're not. You're just trying to show them that you actually can help them. But the way it's taught, it's like the, the one people in the 7% who are just open to it, like they don't want to hear about your investment strategy because they think you're trying to sell them. The 30% who aren't thinking about it definitely don't want to hear it. The 30% who don't think they're interested are like, they're gone. You know, you talk about investment strategies and they're gone because they, they want the result and your message that compelled them to talk to you because it was, it was promising some sort of result. That's what got them to have the conversation in the first place. They want the result, but they just don't think that they need to hire someone to get it. And so, so all of that that you're saying, I think it's just really, really golden um, just for them to understand. And the last thing you said um, that I just want to make sure they heard is support, support. And, and the community is everything. And I think it's really sad that, I mean, it's not just because it's a male dominated industry, but I think it's really sad that even, even in with women within the industry, there's, there's often like inherent competition or there's not a lot of sharing. It's like, they don't, there's no real community. And I know, I know I shouldn't say that because I think a lot of the companies now are trying to have women's conferences and women's, you know, groups and things like that. But, but the environment typically is not about, you know, really supporting each other and sharing. And it's just, it just hasn't not good or bad. I mean, it's, I don't think it's good, but I'm saying, I don't think it's any ill intent but I think that this just the industry hasn't done the best job at creating that. And, and now you're in this community with us with FEM, but you're also, you know, you've been the tag community. Like I think community is so important, especially after a pandemic or during the pandemic, like we needed that so badly. So can you give an example of um, um, like anything that, cause sometimes I think like the, the bigger value of working in my program is actually not me. <laughs> like it's the other ladies. So what is, can you give us some examples of just how having that support system has really helped you in a time when you were struggling or a time when you were excited or any of that? Um, gosh, the, the, there's a long list. Um, I, I can start with my accountability partner who we are religious about our zoom call every Monday morning. We check in with um, a text on Wednesdays and Fridays and that has been to 
to see her energy and to see what she's doing is motivating to me. Even if I'm like, wow, I never thought about that. Wow, you got that from that. So that has been invaluable. And by the way, that's Heather Benningay, who we had on another podcast, How to Attract the Right Prospects. So if you haven't seen that one yet, go check it out. Heather's amazing. But this, this, what a wonderful pair, you two. <laughs> She's awesome. Um, and so many times it's, I don't know what I don't know. Uh, really, there's a service that will do that. Um, Heather, put together January 1st, New Year's Day. Just put out there on, on our uh, WhatsApp, uh, who wants to jump on a call and, and just, there was no agenda and just chat. That was the most valuable time I, I spent. I mean, I got a newsletter recommendation. I've always wanted to do one, but I don't want to write it. I, I got a platform uh, or a portfolio construction. I was just amazed. And there were things I didn't even know about. And these women, you know, they, they just jumped on the hour call like it was nothing. And um, so, so yes, not to mention the, the frequent um, uh, opportunities you create for um, calls and just, just brainstorming. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm loving that. I think everyone needs a community and we're excited because we've been, you know, all in hiding here and we're having our, our first event coming up in person um, back to, to hopefully kind of real life. And I'm just so excited for it to bring that community together. But regardless, those of you, you know, who don't have a community, um, you, you got to find a community and it's great to have a community uh, with women in the same industry because we get it. You know, we get what compliance is like. We get the, we, we understand why compliance does what compliance does, but we have a lot of frustration around it. You know, so it's like, we understand that and it's great to have an accountability partner and, and someone, woman in the industry to help you. So if you're, if you're not in our, in our community, find a community or find another couple women that you could just have conversations with um, weekly about how you feel, what you want to do, what you want to focus on share ideas like that's that's the power of the masterminding i know that they talk about that and thinking grow rich but just having other women around you who have so much to offer and i i think it's just as valuable the vulnerabilities and there's a lot of um we we're talking about this and actually in the tag challenge yesterday about uh, Ashley said, Ashley's my COO. And she said, um, success breeds success. Cause we say that a lot and I'm sure we took it from someone, but we say success breeds success. When I see that Tandy's successful and, and after 15 years of, you know, having the same, you know, coasting, having 10 million under management to then in one year, which ever, most people would say was the hardest year that's ever existed. And maybe outside of 2008, those of us who experienced 2008, but in, in really, really difficult in many different ways to then bring on another 10 million. That's double. Like that's like the whole different life because of what you created and what you did. But to, to be able to do that and then to share those successes, like, and not feel bad about it and not feel bad about making money, feel good about it because the more money you make, the more people you help as my, my book talks about make more money, help more people. But then also to share the vulnerabilities. And we had someone, I'll just share this. I don't know if you, if you saw this, um, Tandy, but someone in our group, you know, she had told her accountability partner that she's, she said, don't let me quit. And, you know, I, I heard about this and it was like, she didn't want to tattle, like say her that, but it's like, she said, it's kind of a little bit like, don't let me quit. Like we didn't want her to quit. And, and she also, you know, we had a call with her and, and not in a way to put her on the spot, but I was like, girl, like I got your back. Like you just go do this stuff, but let's just focus on one thing at a time. And trust me, like it will work. Cause she was just in one of those points and that her asking for that. And she came on a call with all of us and was really vulnerable and sharing that she was struggling and she's feeling overwhelmed. And we just made it so simple. And then yesterday, you might have seen, I'm not going to share her name here, but you know, Tandy, 
Um, yesterday, she shared that she got her client. This was from completely from the cold marketing strategy used. She got her first client, made $2,000 right on the spot there for her financial plan, which she used to charge way less. I think the most she ever charged was 1000 And she's like, this woman is so excited to work with her. And I'm like, that's right, baby. You just need to stick with it. And that vulnerability and then to share that win and to see that growth in such a short period of time is 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 just so inspiring. And so I hope all of you out there get uh, a lot of value out of this. Um, really the processes, you know, um, and habits, it's, it's about activity. It's about outsourcing some things. It's about getting the support. It's about um, making sure that you're learning like how to extract from them. Like what do they want? What's holding them back? And when you do all of these things, then you can provide more value. You can have a better life. So um, thank you, Tandy, for joining us. Thanks for letting me chime in there and 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 kind of decode this for, for the listeners out there. Because I know when I bring someone on in my, my world who's using my systems, I want to make sure to give some of those systems away. Um, anything else you would like to add um, before we say goodbye. My closing um, statement is I have fallen in love with my business again. And it's been a long time. That's beautiful. I love that. And we talk about ideal business, ideal life. And that's that could get me to tears because that's this you're doing most what you're doing every single day is your your focus and you're spending time on your business and if you can have the ideal business baby you can have the ideal life so so proud of that um if anyone wants to contact tandy i know she's super open to talk to anyone because she's just the most loving one of the most loving person people i've ever met i have to say one of so my other uh, you know <laughs> so no because it's truly like i love every single one of my clients it's just so beautiful like wonderful wonderful people wonderful community but tandy is always willing to help and um you can find her at what's the best way to find you tandy oh uh an email would be just i'd be so flattered um and it's tandy.urban so that's t as in tom a-n-d-y dot e-r v as in victor i-n at lpl larry paul larry.com awesome okay so shoot her an email you can put in the subject line heard you on the podcast or something like that and she'll know you you heard her here um thank you tandy it's always a pleasure to have a conversation with you and talk to you and i appreciate you sharing your wisdom and your uh, just lovely tips thank you again thank you this podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com